What is up, guys? My name is Logan Tremellon, and this is the Defying Odds podcast. The person who I'm interviewing today is actually my last full-time employer. Uh, I used to work for him. Actually, I think I worked for you on and off for multiple years, worked under the table pretty much the entire time, I think, doing random things like counting in t-shirts or printing my own t-shirts or helping you with little videos there at the end. Um, so I think it's funny to bring him on one because we've had that history and we've been working together for five, six, seven years. I've known him my entire life pretty much. Um, and two, because now he actually has is slowly building an empire for himself and he has, you know, he started with a clothing brand. Then he went into, uh, my mic keeps on falling over. Uh, he, he started with a clothing brand. Then he went into screen printing, and now he's getting into real estate. He's buying supercars. He has, you know, a bunch of employees, and he's building basically just a nice empire for him and his new family that he's starting. Um, <laughs> so he's been one of our one of our clients here at Tremont Media House for a while. For the past three four years, we've always been working with him. I, we've always stayed in touch. That was pretty cool. I didn't realize that I was your last full time employer. I'm pretty sure you were. Cause I mean, it makes sense. I was working for you when I did when I got my first video gig. It was an eight hundred dollar wedding for Noldies. Okay. And um, after that, I was like, I have eight hundred bucks in the bank account. I can live for two months. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, all right, Adam. And then I gave you my two weeks. I felt so bad, and I was giving you my two weeks too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, that was like the moment when I made the decision to start working for myself. It was yeah. when I was working for you. That's wild. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's been more than three or four years since it's, we've been working together in this aspect. Yeah. Um, I mean, you were doing like videos for Motorama. Um, I did one for you. Yeah. Yeah. But that would have been 2017, 2018. Yeah. Was, so maybe it's only been three or four years. I, I mean, you I haven't got, been doing this that long. Yeah. Four or five years. I mean, years. you're so young. Yeah. I, sometimes I forget. Yeah. You act a lot older than you are. Yeah. I but get, you're still I, like 16. I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 17 and a half. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of crazy because time flies. And, um, you know, you've ever since I've known you, well, since you were a kid, you were a little bit different when you were a kid. That was very different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I Run around some, my house in my underwear. <laughs> I could share some stories, but I won't. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then, and then you, you know, you, you grew up and matured and, uh, Definitely, um, I, I, I saw a lot of myself in you when, when I was that age. Um, and that's why I, I think that's one of the main reasons why we stay connected so well, because I'm, I'm entre I am entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. You are as well. And um, I, I think that I, I love to see how you're always doing something different and growing and, and people that you're working with and collaborating with and networking with. I'm like, it's crazy. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome, dude. Yeah. It's awesome. So. I appreciate it. Yeah. Even the one time when I had dinner with you and Nico, it was me and my pickup truck, you and your RA and Nico and his Lambo. And some of my brother's friends saw me with you guys. <laughs> and he texted Dylan right away. He's like, how did your brother hang out with all these people? I'm yeah. like, I just try to give them some sort of value. In yeah. this case, we just built yeah. a relationship over me giving you video, like video work. I think you were uh, you were with us that day because that's what, I think I picked up the car that you day. You picked up the car, yeah. So we, we, filmed, we filmed that filmed cool video, yeah. 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 I do need to do more videos. I need to get back to it. Yeah. And everybody keeps asking me. They're like, <laughs> you were on a roll there for a while. You were posting videos, and then it kind of just stopped. And I'm like... Yeah, I know. I got 13 million views on TikTok and then I stopped posting. Yeah, I, we're going to get into yeah, that later. How hey, you got so many views. But um, but why do I do that? I don't know. <laughs> Just get busy. Yeah. Like life happens. You had a lot going on in, in business that you I had know. to yeah. get oh, over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Social media is so important. It's, and I'm excited to, you know, 
get back to it. Yeah. I lost my GoPro. I told you that. <laughs> and then you bought mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. I bought yours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're going to get into that later because, I mean, I even just had a meeting with a local marketing company just the other day to, like, start working with them for video. And they were like, honestly, we don't do much video. We don't do organic video. I'm like, mm -hmm. you're a marketing company that doesn't do video. Yeah, right. I'm like, I'm a marketing company that only does video. Yeah, right. um, so it was funny. Well, you can add value. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we're going to start working together. Nice. And whenever they need video, they'll reach out to us. So let's start with how you got into business. You started the clothing brand in high school. Mm -hmm. um, just walk me through that whole process of how it went from you starting a clothing brand in high school, you going to pitching, making it, putting up a tent, mm -hmm. selling t-shirts at local races, and then how yeah. that transitioned into screen printing and making that into a big company. Yeah. 2008, uh, junior in high school. 17 years old uh i was always into action sports you know we have a similar background mm -hmm. and uh i started amped apparel amped apparel was an action sports brand it revolved around my life uh i had been working on a computer in design program since i was about 10 years old i don't know why i'm really not an artsy person i'm really not even that creative of a person but it was something that I did. It was uh, it was a Macromedia Fireworks is what the program was called, which I think Adobe ended up buying like later on. And now the program I don't think is any longer anyways. You got Illustrator and Photoshop and different things like that. But um, I just always found interest in that. And so uh, I guess, you know, my my background definitely comes from like a bloodline of entrepreneurs. So I, that was already destined for me when uh, when I was born, I believe. And so in high school, I just, I started this brand and the way that I was able to grow the brand was by going to the events, going to the racetracks. And, you know, we were already traveling all over the place, racing, my brother and I, and my family. And so I said, well, if we're already going to be here in front of like-minded people that are also into this lifestyle and like what this brand represents, let me try to sell it to them. So, you know, I started with my classmates, I went to Penn Manor High School, um, pretty big school. So there's a lot of people to tell about what, you know, what I was working on. And I ordered my first set of T-shirts online. My parents actually put it on their credit card because, I mean, I was 17. I didn't have any money and s sold all those shirts, um, sold them all, you know, out of my backpack. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> Ended up designing another shirt. I mean, I look back and I'm like, these designs were terrible. <laughs> like, really, they were terrible. But. Um, for everybody that ha still has one out there, I know there's a lot of people that do. Shout out. Appreciate it. <laughs> you guys were uh, real OGs. Um, so, yeah, just uh, just did that. And and just over the years, you know, a couple years went by and um, ended up graduating, obviously, from high school. Went to Shippensburg University. Um, I had a major in marketing and um, business administration. Um, I already knew at that point that... I wasn't going to go work for somebody else. Um, I went through, you know, four years of college. It was a great experience. Met so many amazing people, friends, you know, that I'm still friends with today. All my roommates and I'm still friends with today. You know, it's that was a, a an amazing time of my life. I definitely wouldn't trade it, even if I wasn't planning on going in and getting a real job. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I was the uh, president of the marketing club there. Um, so I did a lot of stuff. Played some intramural sports. Um, had a lot of fun for those four years, but all that whole time I was sort of just trying to figure out like what, what was going to be next for me. And at this point that would have been, uh, 
well, it would have been 2009 when I first went into college, 2010, I guess. And by the end of the four years, um, I was just like, I, re I remember having the conversation with my mom for the first time telling her that I wasn't going to go get a job. And she cried. <laughs> I kind of expected that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for the last couple of years um, and how I wanted to actually make it a career. Um, I stopped racing um, early on in college, freshman year, I stopped racing. It was just too much with everything else going on. But I was still actually going to a lot of the races just in that different capacity, setting up, vending, tent, driving all over the country, you know, took some buddies along. We'd live on live life on the road. We, you know, we had a tour bus. Party um, with the pros. Yeah, party with the pros. Shout out. <laughs> Um, and those were great years. I mean, we were down in Florida and Tennessee and like, you know, a million all over the place. Like we traveled everywhere and that was incredible and I definitely wouldn't change it, but it was definitely a true guerrilla marketing, just grassroots, just pounding the pavement, you know, and, and I did that for so many years and I had a lot of fun and learned a lot of, you know, had a million life experiences and learned a lot of stuff, but yeah, I didn't really make that much money. At the end of the day, like, you know, even if I went and sold a couple thousand dollars worth in a weekend, by the time I drove my tour bus there, which got like three miles per gallon, <laughs> your trailer, all the weight, you know, you're paying for the vending. Um, you were in the hole like a few grand you had to sell to just break even and then hope you made a dollar. Yeah. You know, and then I had to pay some people that came along with me and stuff like that. So all those years, I mean, they were great, but like I didn't really make any money. So like I had to figure out what I was going to do that was actually going to make money for the future. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of how then uh, the screen printing started. Um, and, you know, because I had a, an apparel brand, I had people all the time that were asking me, hey, um, obviously you print T-shirts. You know, my, my dad owns a landscaping company my family owns a pizza shop you know can you help us out um so i ended up partnering with a local print shop um and i just brokered my stuff through him he was printing all of my stuff for amped and um and then any any jobs i got on the side i'd order the blank goods i'd help them with artwork if needed i'd coordinate everything i'd have it printed through them i'd make a couple bucks and deliver deliver it to them or you know however i did that and so i was building up all these customers on the side as i was also doing amped and then um after working with this person for a couple of years um actually overnight unexpectedly went out of business oh went out of business closed the doors i remember i had customers like goods in his warehouse uh tried to get in the one day um and this was, you know, this was right after college. So it was starting to get serious then. Like I was still living at home. I didn't have a lot of expenses. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to get um, through college, um, you know, with the help of my family. And I really appreciate that because I think that that allowed me to do what I do now because I didn't have to go get a job to pay for my college yeah. tuition. Like I don't know. If I didn't have that opportunity, I don't, I honestly do not know where I would be right now because, you know, I would have had to get some type of job. And then when you're, you know, when you're working like a part-time job just to cover those expenses and like how much time and effort are you really able to put towards like your dream or your passion? Like it, it, if, if nothing else, even if you're still able to accomplish that, 
it just takes a lot longer. Yeah. And when you're fresh out of college and everybody else is getting high paying jobs around you, you know, it's not a great feeling, you know. And you know that because you're you were in a similar situation. I mean, you built your business from nothing too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have very similar stories in that regard where well, I dropped out of college, so I didn't have I I had some expenses from that. But I mean, as far as, you know, getting started and like when you were explaining how you were selling at the ATV races because you were still going to them, but you weren't racing anymore, that's exactly what I did. You know, I was still going to the races because Dylan raced, mm -hmm. my brother. And um, yeah. so I was going and I was kind of doing video. I started doing video a little bit before that. So I just started doing video there, just started building mm -hmm. that. And then very similar transition to where you had your clothing brand and you were transitioning into doing screen printing. Mm -hmm. We've been going through the same thing over the past two months where we've had all these ATV motocross clients and on the side, we've been building commercial clients, you being one of them. Mm -hmm. And that list was just slowly getting bigger and bigger to now where it's actually a bigger opportunity. So we just have to, you know, mm -hmm. jump all in. We're not leaving motocross space yet. Yeah. I have zero plans on it, but we're expanding and yeah. getting into the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so that was kind of, you know, and it was at that moment, I guess, going back to the story. So um, it closed overnight. And, you know, I was already in a position where, you know, I had to figure out what was going to be the future. Um, and so I had two options. I would either go and try to partner with another local print shop or I buy my own equipment and I figure out how to screen print. <laughs> I took the latter. Yeah, I took the much harder route, I think, to yeah, be honest. For sure. Um, but, you know, I, I weighed the pros and cons, to be honest. I, 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 I figured out that it was going to be more beneficial long term to buy the equipment. Um, if I was in that exact same position right now, I'm not sure I would have done it. <laughs> yeah, didn't realize how much work it was. At that time, it made sense, but I don't think I would do it right now. Cause I, cause you know, I'm, it's different now. I'm 31 years old. Like it took me the first four years of the print company to figure out the ins and outs of the screen printing world. Yeah. I couldn't afford that now. Yeah. Like, there's just too much to learn. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could, but I wouldn't be very supported financially. You know, that would, it would be hard. I mean, it would be, it'd be very challenging. So, you know, so that's what I did. So I ended up uh, purchasing, uh, a guy up in the Poconos. He had a, he was, he told, he was doing it part-time in his garage. He had everything he needed and he was working as a salesperson for his day job and they gave him a promotion. He could no longer do his hobby. Right. And he sold all of his equipment. So I, my brother and I went up to the Poconos, loaded up the entire truck and, uh, brought the equipment home, put it in a garage, learned how to screen print. Was that the garage that I ended up working with you out of? Was that the same garage? The one over on Lincoln Highway? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two-car garage. That was my first shop. It was like 500 square feet. It was, it was very small. No heat, no bathroom. <laughs> Had to pee in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember. I worked there, I think, in, was it in summers? I worked there. I, I remember working yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, you like came and came and in, in, in went, you know, a couple times yeah. over the years just uh -huh. with, you know, whatever you were doing. Yeah. And every time you were like, hey, like... I'm home and I'm like, well, you already know what you're doing. Like, <laughs> yeah, you want a job? Be, Come on. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty cool in that aspect. Actually, uh, going back to the peace story, one of my first employees, I hope he 
hope he's watching this. Um, he was uh, over, there was, like, the corner was just, like, a drain. It was cut out. It was, like, a foot deep. He was, like, over in the corner doing something. He, like, fell in the hole. <laughs> and then we told him, like, dude, that's the hole that we pee in. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> I feel bad for him. I don't know what happened after that. He quit. <laughs> He did end up quitting. <laughs> just, like, just not right then. Yeah, not right then. But it's crazy. I mean, it, we've come such a long way um, since that first shop. And to be honest, it really hasn't even been that long. It has. That was probably six years ago. 2016. Yeah. Six, six years, years ago. ago. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. A lot changes in six years. So now go quick through the story of from that first shop to mm -hmm. you moving to the other location yeah. where you basically renovate actually then you moved downstairs and then you renovated the whole thing and now you're in a warehouse yeah so on that same uh property where uh, we were in the two-car garage it was 500 square feet an opportunity came about at the front of the property it was more of a um retail um space so definitely not outfitted for commercial screen printing equipment yeah. by any means no. at this point i had more equipment we ended up actually taking the front office and that was our office and fulfillment area and then we still kept the garage for so we had a bathroom now and we also had like a place for customers customers to come in um so we were there for like i don't know maybe like a year year and a half another place on the another building on the same property came open this one though was downstairs in the basement. The basement. <laughs> it was the most, I don't know. I have photos and I don't, I can't remember if you saw the before and after. Obviously you saw the after cause you mm -hmm. were there. Yeah. But the before, if anybody can think of like a disgusting old, like dirt, it wasn't dirt floor. There was concrete, but like, you know, just like dirt everywhere. Cobwebs, like dark and dungy, bad lighting basement. Like, that's what it was. And I was like, this is great. This is perfect. <laughs> we renovated the entire thing. Actually, it looks really good. And it, today, it it's occupied by, I don't know, uh, like two or three different businesses. It's like yeah. actually cut up and like split up. So it ended up working out long term. Um, we ended up excavating a ramp, like a 50-foot ramp on the side of the building to get everything in and out. Because like an automatic screen printing machine is not going through the front door no, and down, 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 the down steps. <laughs> like it's idiotic. So we ended up excavating and pouring like, a, I don't know, it was like 150,000 pounds of concrete, made a ramp, put a roof over it. It was actually super cool. And that's how we got all the equipment in, all the equipment out, UPS deliveries, incoming, outgoing, all that kind of good stuff. And we were there for like two years, um, two years. And then we just kind of outgrew that. It was like 4,000, 4,500 square feet. Um, so substantially bigger than our first yeah, location, the two car garage, the two car garage, 500 square feet. But, um, yeah, we were, we just were ready to get into like an actual warehouse, loading docks, high ceilings, pallet racking, all these things yeah. that I really wanted. Uh -huh. So we ended up moving, um, a half mile down the road an opportunity came and this was like before COVID of course, where you could actually like get stuff for a good price. Um, and an opportunity arose literally a half a mile down the road cost me like 50 grand to move it's crazy moving yeah. stinks yeah especially your business and equipment like heavy equipment yeah well you, all the but like it was a half a mile down the road like you could almost see the building 
and it costs that much. Anyway, uh, but that's, you know, we, we had to retrofit the space with um, uh, just lighting and electric and um, gas lines and all that kind of stuff for our equipment. So uh, a little over three years ago, actually, now we're going into our fourth year in this space. Um, we moved in about 10,000 square feet, dual, two loading docks office it's like the real deal yeah it's, it's legit it's a big space so how many employees do you have now we started in that garage when it was just what you and a printer sometimes sometimes it was just you and and, and tyler don't forget tyler, tyler. Yeah. he's with me from the beginning yeah stills with me he's my operations manager love that guy yeah um awesome. and so now um we probably have around 10 we were up to like 17 at one point 17 yeah. or 18 at one point um, you know, and just the ups and downs of like business mm -hmm. and like certain clients and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, we have 10, um, full time. Um, we actually have like a part time. We work with, um, IU 13, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Give some students different opportunities, um, in the uh, workforce. So they recently started, we partnered with them. We actually have students from like a bunch of local schools huh. that come in and, uh, just get, you know, real work experience. And that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So then you have that business that started as a clothing brand, transitioned to screen printing. You're also investing in different real estate properties mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I love real estate. Yeah. I always said that that's like my end goal. You know, like that's what you look at some of like the wealthiest people in the world and the most powerful and just the people that are just, you know, financially free and they all have got real estate. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for that. Yeah. So, um, it's something that I wanted to do for a long time, but to be honest, I wasn't financially capable of doing it. Yeah. You know, you got to buy your own first house before you start buying other houses, yeah. right? That seems silly. But, um, yeah, so I uh, started with uh, some rentals um, that, you know, residential. Um, but, yeah, I mean, constantly working on getting more commercial spaces, owning, you know, owning the buildings and stuff like that. So that's... Uh, Real estate investing is something that I'm super passionate about. I love doing it. Um, flipping homes is also fun. We're working on one right now, actually, in Lancaster City. Um, being from Lancaster, like, I know the area so well. Um, I feel really, even though the market is just booming here in the city, um, if you find that little diamond in the rough, you know, um, bring it back to, to life. You know, a lot, of, a lot of these places are pretty run down, dilapidated, and, um, you know, go in it costs a lot of money but um you can either rent it when it's done or flip it mm -hmm. so working on one right now i was talking to another fellow entrepreneur yesterday actually and we both had the same like moment where we were working for somebody else and we both realized that like we should do this on our own you know mm -hmm. we can do this better on our own you mm -hmm. just every single time i've worked for somebody else not necessarily with you because mm -hmm. i it was so much there was a lot outside of it but a lot of times i'm like i feel like i could do I could have a better life if I do my own thing. Did you have a similar, you know, story where you were working for somebody else? So sort of my first job was at a grocery store. Uh, I remember when I went to my interview, I had a suit and tie on and they gave me 10 extra cents. Well, cause you had a suit and tie on. Yeah. Cause I look good. Worth it. Yeah. So that was my first job. Um, and then I also worked as a, like a dishwasher, you know, and then after that, I did landscaping for a while. Um, I never had like a real job. 
and I don't want to. I yeah. made a pact with myself when I was, like, <laughs> young, and I'm not going to work. When I don't want to say young, but, like, going through high school, and then when I started, like, realizing that, you know, I have talents in this area, and I want to be an entrepreneur, and it definitely runs in my blood. Like, both of my grandparents, their sides, like, business owners. Yeah. So I think I was just destined. I don't know if I had a choice. Yeah. But honestly, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I really wouldn't. So you said back when you had that choice to find another screen printer to broker to or start your own thing, you said you don't think you would have made the decision to start your own thing. What do you mean? What else would would you have thought? Do you think it makes more sense to go the broker route where you're just? Well, I think that for certain things, I mean, we do that still. You know, there's people that are really good at what they do. Yeah. And I think a lot of times in business, people try to do everything. Mm Mm-hmm. But you really just need to be good at, like, some things. Yeah. And then work with really good people that can do the other things. Yeah. Makes sense. Right? You only really need to be good at one thing. (laughs) Yeah. Be really good at one thing, not, like, half-ass at five things. Yeah. It's easy to say that because we all, as human beings, try to, like, spread ourselves as thin as we possibly can. Different opportunities and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think it is important to sort of realize that we actually just recently did that um we uh we were doing vehicle graphics signage um stickers and decals and all that kind of stuff and it made like really good money we like if you we have like the company our company vehicles that are wrapped and everything like we did them um and did a lot of other stuff but we realized that it's just like another thing that like there are better people to Mm -hmm. do that and so I just sold all my equipment. I mean, I, it took me like two years after like I realized and the stuff like just sat there. We just stopped promoting it because people would come in. It's not like it was like we print T-shirts. Like that's what we do. Yeah. And we do embroidery like and we do drop shipping and we do like order fulfillment, different things like that. Like that's what we're really good at. So anything else, um, there's just other people that are just that are just as good, if not better, probably better. So, um, we just, we just work with really good people. And when we get those inquiries for like, Hey, can you do a sign for us? Like, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. We can do that. We farm it out to people that we work with, make a couple bucks on the deal because we, you know, had to process that whole transaction. And then they get a really good sign because they're really good at what they do. Yeah. So we just did that recently. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I've been, I mean, I was... There was a little bit there where I considered on taking on more just general marketing work. And I'm like, honestly, I'm so early in the process that it doesn't make sense to do anything else besides video production. Yeah. Because like up until I hit a million dollars in revenue, it's all strictly just sales and outreach Mm -hmm. and just getting new business. So until that point, there's no reason I should bring on other types of work, you know? Well, I think it's good too. Like a lot of times at the beginning, you do have to take on different types of work to realize what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important. Um, you just have to make sure you don't fall into the trap of then doing all that kind of work. Yeah. Unless you have able bodies and like good people that can do that work. Yeah. But like if you're trying to do the work or I'm trying to do the work and I'm wearing like 15 different hats, then that's just not good either. Yeah. Take me in when I say the biggest challenge that you've dealt with. It might be recent. I don't know if you want to talk about everything, but what's the biggest challenge you've had to get over 
in business. Actually, it can be in life too. This yeah. is the Defying Odds podcast. It's not necessarily just related yeah. to business. Yeah, I mean, I would say, um, you know, recently, um, you know, a lot, a lot has changed over the past couple of years, just with the world, obviously, as mm -hmm. we know. So it has been challenging. I mean, it's been challenging, um, you know, maintaining staff, hiring, um, maintaining customers. Um, you know, a lot of people wanted to cut back on spending. Um, so it's been a challenge over the last couple of years for sure. Even though it's been a challenge, surprisingly, like we've still been growing. I know, you know, a lot of businesses haven't, but then there's a lot of businesses that have. I think we're in a really good business and a really good industry that people always need t-shirts. We, I mean, we all wear stuff. Yeah. People are, I mean, you're always going to wear clothing yeah. i hope <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um so yeah so like it's just it's a very much needed um uh even like I'll, I'll say like a marketing piece every business needs some type of branded merch and a lot of people do too um everybody like you know their kids on soccer team or football team or something spirit wear like everybody knows somebody that needs printed t-shirts i'll just say t-shirts because that covers everything basically yeah of course we do everything. Um, but yeah, so definitely one of the biggest challenges um, over the last probably a year, year and a half is just, you know, we, we had a good customer, um, a, a really big customer that we put a lot of time and, and efforts and, and energy in. We worked with them for a while um, and, and we don't anymore. We don't work with that customer anymore. So um, that was tough. It changed a lot. It changed a lot and it happened overnight. So um yeah, I mean, just trying to rebound, you know, from that, you know, when, when you have a customer of that magnitude, that size, um, and then gone, you have to make a lot of decisions really quickly. And a lot of times those decisions might not be the best decisions, but you just like don't know what to do. You yeah. got to figure it out, you know, and that's, and that's life too, you know, like, you know, things are going to get thrown at you all the time and you got to, you got to react and you got to figure it out. And sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes, you know, you're lucky to like figure it out quick, but that's kind of where we're at, you know, um, just trying to figure out, like, we really, we identified the type of work that we want. Um, we don't sell on price. And as a matter of fact, like, I don't want to be the cheapest. If I'm the cheapest, like, I need to raise my prices. Yeah, I'm the same way. We're, we're so much different than everybody else um, locally in, in the sense of, like, we're not cheap, don't want to be cheap. We will invest in technology, the latest and the greatest in the industry. I mean, we have people from all over the country that fly in, drive in to, like, see the equipment that we have. We're just about fully automated at this point. Um, but I'm not cheap because, number one, I have to pay for everything. I, I'm one of my guys, Tyler. He's big tech buff. So anytime there's an opportunity to try to make something better or, or done quicker, easier, faster, whatever the case is, we, like, look into it. And, you know, it always comes with a pretty hefty expense. So we do need to keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you weigh the pros and the cons and it makes sense, let's do it. Let's try it. So we have some amazing technology. It costs a lot of money. Um, and we also pay our people really well, too. 
and all of our and our people get benefits, full benefits, and that's not super normal in our industry. Um, I think over the past couple of years, um, I would say like. If you took a, if you took like, if you looked at the entire country, it's probably becoming, you know, a lot more popular. But historically, like our industry, like low-paying jobs, um, you know, lack of technology, um, no benefits, and we really wanted to change that completely. I don't come from screen printing, like I, I, I don't. Yeah. I just like business, and I fell into this, and that's why I think we do it so much different than everybody else. And I also think that that's what allows us to be ahead of everybody else yeah i just had a meeting the other day with a local marketing company i told you that and uh i was like talking i explained our pricing to him and as soon as i said it, he's like whoa and i'm like good yeah. I'm like i would have been very upset if you're like that's it yeah. so i'm in the very same boat where i was trying i set pricing to not be you know competing with local businesses on pricing i want to try to set myself apart from everybody else by offering them just a different quality of service yeah. and that's why we're in our own pricing category absolutely um and then he also said because i told him uh, basically just dreams and aspirations of like where i want to go in the next one or two years and he's like maybe you should dial back pricing a little bit <laughs> and try to get more retainer small clients and i'm like that'd be good in regards to me not having to worry about losing like a big client mm -hmm. like you dealt with recently. But at the same time, then we wouldn't have as much, you know, I wouldn't be able to give them as much resources and as much time if the client's half the cost of another, yeah. you know. It's hard. Like you, preferably in business, you'd want to have like, you know, 10 equal customers. So if one drops out, like, it's, you know, it doesn't really hurt that bad. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes it's just the way that it happens. You have some customers that are, substantial mm -hmm. and it's our job to put as much time and effort into that relationship as possible because it's important it's important for them because clearly they're giving you a lot of business and it's important for us because we want to do a good job and we're relying on their business you know like your your business is reliant on that um the people that you employ are relying on that you know the weight of the world is on my shoulders and yours, you know, so I think it's nice to have that happy medium in our business. We have what's considered contract work, um, which is basically just low paying work. It's just volume based. It's not ideal, but most shops will do a little bit of it. You just have to be like cautious of how much of it you do. Yeah. And what I mean by contract work is like, you know, there's a lot of people that sell these types of services, essentially how I started, mm -hmm. but don't actually do the work. They're like marketing agencies, like advertising companies, different things like that. Um, they'll have salespeople that will sell promotional products, T-shirts, printware, different things like that. And then they'll end up partnering with people like us who actually do the work. And then they obviously have to make a margin. So they work with us. Hey, like we'll give you X amount of work per year in exchange. Give us some better pricing so we can make a profit too. So it's steady. Um, but, you know, the, the real name of the game is, is housework. Yeah. That's where you make your margins. Um, and that's where you can also do a really good job for your customer as the end user. Yeah. So. And then the, that contract work really helps you, you know, cover expenses when you have you know, clients that you lose. We do a very similar thing where we have, you know, three, four or five clients who get the same work, same, you know, deliverables every single week, every single month. Mm -hmm. And we just that just covers our expenses. Yeah, you then just count on that. Exactly. Yeah. And then everything on top of that is just growth for the business. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> So let's go into how you went viral on Instagram. So 
TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. I, I was helping you with a bunch of videos mm -hmm. and just you obviously follow Gary Vee. You follow these people who uh, just preach mm -hmm. posting on social media. Yeah. And so we were creating, you know, a few different types of videos mm -hmm. for the pages uh, mm -hmm. at a few different periods. And then you had one video that you made by yourself. Walk me through the story and how viral it went. <laughs> I actually, I, I don't know what it's at now. Um, it was, I don't know, it, 15 million maybe. 16 million. What's the difference? It's a million. Yeah. It's um, I don't know. But uh, yeah, you know, it's really funny because we've put so much time and effort over the years in like trying to come up with good videos and, and they are great videos. Um, but the ones that seem to like really take off are the ones that I put zero effort into. Um, so this one specifically, uh, we recently got a machine that could, it was an automatic machine that folded a t-shirt. Maybe you can put it up on the screen. I don't know. Yeah. Um, like show the video. Yeah, show the video. It's like six seconds long. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, so we recently got this machine and we were like testing it out. We were burning through a job. It needed to be folded and poly bagged. And you can just see two of, of my, my team members like just folding T-shirts. And it went like absolutely viral. Like people were mimicking it. What's that called? Like a duet or something like that? Yeah. I don't know. And like, it was hilarious. Like people were making like cardboard, like t-shirt folders and like doing it like really fast. And like, it was so funny. Um, and it kept getting, um, just reshared and, and I ended up getting, uh, starting to get like paid by TikTok because of it. I, awesome. I still have money in that account. I, I don't just, let, like, I think I have some in my TikTok account too. <laughs> just like let it in there. Um, and then, you know, it's funny because then we posted it on, um, Instagram and it's still got like a lot of, um, like love on there. I can't remember couple hundred thousand but it just like wasn't the same actually i posted the video from tiktok on instagram so it's like the, the, yeah, you TikTok, the TikTok logo <laughs> so i don't know like if people it, like if they like that or not yeah, but it was sort of at that point um that i was having really like a lot of fun with tiktok and like you were helping out um which you know we're gonna continue to do we just haven't in a while because life yeah um but it's just funny you know like some of these videos like i just posted one the other day uh, oh, it was actually the t-shirt folder again. I don't know. People love this t-shirt folder. It's very satisfying to watch. <laughs> people like, they clown me. They're like, I could do it faster. And I'm like, okay. Show us. Like, let us. Well, like, attack us. you can do it faster for like three shirts. Like, yeah. why don't you try for eight hours straight? Like, this is a machine. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so funny. Like, I don't really entertain like the arguments and yeah. like the comments too much. Like, sometimes I'll like throw little jabs in there just because I'm like, you're so like ignorant to like this, but whatever. Um, I usually just let it ride and just like let them like argue with each other in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was another t shirt folder. Like, I just posted recently, got like 250,000 views. And I think it's kind of crazy. Like, I don't. I'm not the first one to say this, but like reels have taken over Instagram. Mm -hmm. I don't post any photos anymore. Neither do I. If it's not a video, I'm just not going to post. Yeah. I know it's so incredibly important to post more, but I just don't do it. Yeah. I don't know why. It's, it's time consuming. It's, it's time consuming. But like I go out into the shop and I can film a video for six seconds and throw it up. It really isn't. I don't really have an excuse other yeah. than like sometimes I try to be it's actually funny, like, you'll see me around the shop, all my employees, like, no, like, I'll be, like, hanging upside down somewhere, like, trying to get the shot. <laughs> the other day, I had my phone taped to, like, a broomstick, and I was walking around, and then somebody called me, 
So then I'm standing there like this <laughs> with a broomstick. And and it's just, I don't know. So, like, I'm always trying to get the shot. If you go on our uh, social media, our Instagram page specifically, um, I think there's a lot of cool content on there. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, like, 10,000 followers on Instagram, like 75,000 on TikTok. Um, but the reels are where it's at. Like, every time I post a reel, it's getting, like, minimum 10,000 views. There is no maximum. Yeah. If, it goes, if it's hot, it uh-huh. just goes. And then it's kind of crazy how it like comes back to like that T-shirt folder one I was just talking about. It got up to like 50,000 and then it went stagnant for like four days. And then I like open up my Instagram and it's like 500 new follows. And like it was it just blew up again overnight. And like now it's gaining more traction again today. Yeah. I don't understand how these algorithms work, but they're then they're constantly changing. So you really can't ever figure out how they work. Even Instagram changed recently where like. Well, you used to get like a decent amount of views on every single reel. Now I'm getting less views. But then when they go viral, because I mean, I just started posting on my personal page again like a month ago. Mm. Um, I'm getting on average less views, but then the spikes are higher spikes. Oh. Yeah. So it's weird. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So this video went viral. Didn't you get put on the news with it? Oh, yeah. I remember it's like yeah. seeing the article or something. Yeah. It was in uh, Lancaster Online. Um, they called me. Um that was pretty cool. Like they, they were just like, you know, local business owner, you know, goes viral on TikTok and yeah. like, I mean like 15 million views. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of views. I, I haven't had any videos come close to that. I think I have one. The next closest is like a million. That's crazy. And then how many sales do you think came from that one post? You know, it's, it's almost impossible to measure that. Yeah. Whenever we get emails or phone calls, like we always ask, how did you hear about us? Especially if it's somebody out of town or mm-hmm. um, especially, like I said, through email. Um, I knew we were getting an abundance of like email inquiries. Like I knew stuff was coming from that TikTok video um, and I still was asking. I would say, I mean, we definitely like, I wish I had an answer for you. I know we had one customer that spent like five grand with us. Um, and other couple customers that spent like a couple thousand, like a yeah. thousand or something like that. Yeah. I would say that TikTok probably generated like 10 to like 15 grand That's awesome. in sales. Yeah. And now they're like continuing customers. Yeah. So what's that worth? Yeah. You know, long term. Yeah. yeah. And so you can't ever really put a number on that because it's just marketing versus sales. But that's exactly the biggest problem that I've been struggling with. And like talking to clients are like, well, what's this worth? I'm like, well, you won't see an ROI, but if you do this for two years, mm-hmm. I, mean, I can guarantee you that your business yeah. will be a lot bigger. Yeah. You know, so you don't see that, you know, the ROI in a month, but in a year, in two yeah. years, I mean, I built the Trevon Media House action sports page to over 150,000 oh, yeah. followers in two years. Yeah. And that was only when I felt like posting. Yeah. I wasn't even posting every day. But that's cool stuff, though. That's yeah. why people just it is. It. But I feel like in pretty much every bit, I was talking with the owner of the marketing company the other day. I mean, I feel like every business can capitalize on social media. You just yeah. have to be creative and yeah. how you're posting it and be thoughtful about it. At Action Sports it was very easy because I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> I just found a clip and posted it. Didn't, didn't think about yeah. it at all. But that's what I'm trying to do with my personal brand now and the the media company brand now, where I'm like, what is thoughtful what is creative how can i deliver value to whoever's watching this or whoever i want to watch and i mean i think the tremel media page which i started in 2018 when i was dropping out of college Mm -hmm. 
I started posting again just last month, and I think it's already at like 30,000 hits this month. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just for me posting 10 videos, yeah. 30,000 hits, I'm like, how is that? That's ridiculously valuable if yeah. you do that over long term. Didn't I send you a screenshot the other day of like the percentage increase? Did I send that to you? I don't know. I think it was like comparing. It was on Instagram. I mean, one sixteen million view video kind of takes it off. I mean, I just posted a video on my Instagram. This video, I think it has 8,000 views, but I explained the story of how we posted a video that gained us 20,000 followers in a month. That's one, insane. One uh, Instagram reel. It was 18, no, 15 million views at the time. Now it's at 18, but 20,000 followers over the course. It was like a week or two. It was wild. Yeah, that's insane. Well, like just recently, so like this is part of, so we gained like, close to 5,000 followers like just recently yeah because like the reels have been just blowing up um it says 217,000 accounts were reached in the last 30 days it's 4,000 percent up compared to this time last year 4,000 percent that's crazy <laughs> so yeah. it, it like the power of s- social media marketing is absolutely incredible um you just you got to work hard because like the people that think that they're just going to like post something it's going to blow up and then it doesn't they get discouraged mm-hmm. it's like i now just post something and like if it blows up it blows up exactly. and if it doesn't it like doesn't and yeah. that's why like the videos that i put zero effort into for some reason <laughs> are like doing better than the ones i put effort into yeah they're just more organic exactly yeah yeah it's funny i know I just try to post as much as I can and never look at it. <laughs> I'm like, I want to post something that I think is good, but I just yeah. try not to look yeah. at it. That's that's my strategy. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, what's your what are your dreams? What are your aspirations for the business? For mm-hmm. your personal life, you have a uh, baby girl on the way. Yeah. You just got married. Lots yeah. lots going on. I know. Um, well, you know, obviously with like the printing business, um, just keep moving in the right direction. Um, keep bringing on um, good quality accounts. Um, you know, just, uh, uh, not just taking on work to take on work. That's so important. Choosing Um, your clients, choosing our clients. Um, you know, oftentimes they'll feel like we're running around with our heads chopped off and I don't want to feel like that anymore. I don't want my people to feel like that. So, um, just choosing better quality, uh, customers. Um, so for that, you know, continuing to, um, invest in technology that makes um, my employees' lives easier, um, make us more of a marketable company. Um, we are currently, actually, it's it's basically done. So basically what we started was called macromerch.com. So macromerch is um, a subsidiary of Screen Printing Select, but it's our nationwide marketable company. So Screen Printing Select is our local company, local-based screen printing company. Macro merches are just, you know, another level that we're going to just like hit really, really hard on social media marketing and e-commerce and different things like that. Um, the difference, I mean, obviously, we're still the same company at the end of the day. But what you're going to be able to do is you will be able to at any hour of the day or night, you will be able to go on to our website, macromerch.com. Um, you can upload your artwork if you have a logo already um, or uh, there are thousands of like pre-made clip art files that you can actually edit, um, like really cool stuff too, that you can edit with like your company name or your fraternity, sorority, like whatever you want to do. 
you upload your artwork or you pick and design your own artwork. So now everybody can be an artist, just like I was. Um, and then you pick the garment that you want. We have like tons of different garments on there. Um, all the same stuff that we offer through Screen Printing Select, but um, it, tons of different garments, tons of different colors. You can pick your quantity. Obviously, you get like real-time pricing and all that good stuff. And then like you just check out right through the site. Uh, it comes into our system. We print it and we ship it to you for free. That gets rid of so much friction. Yeah. I'm sure that's going to help a ton. Yeah. It'll help with, um, it'll really help with the administrative stuff. Yeah. Because processing orders takes time. Um, and a lot of that time is because we have to understand what the client wants, translating that. And sometimes the client doesn't even know what they want. Mm -hmm. um, so by them, uh, by the client and the customer being able to go on our website and upload their artwork, check it and check it out, see what it's going to look like on different garment types, different placements, like, um, or they can create their own. Say they don't even know what type of design they want. Like, hey, they got, you know, a reunion coming up. Like, what do I want? Well, they can explore like the, the beach clip art, you yeah. know, palm tree stuff, you yeah. know, John's whatever, <laughs> Baker family reunion 2023, whatever, you know. And they can go on and like they can check it out. They can they can place it on the shirt. They can show their friends, show their family, get like opinions. So it's cool because it gives the customer their creative freedom to do what they want. Um, and it takes the administrative part out of our job. So it's like a win-win for everybody. Yeah. So that's really cool. I feel like that's going to just make it so much easier for you guys to take on more work. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, people can place orders uh, in the evening on the weekends. Yeah. Like when we're not able to respond to emails and take orders. And I feel like a lot of people want to take orders, like place an order. Like if I had to, if I was going to order a t-shirt online yeah. and I had to call somebody, I wouldn't do it. Well, yeah. I wouldn't place an order. Yeah. Well, that's your generation. I know. I know. But I'm saying that it opens up so much more opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're totally right. And that's, <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons too. Um, you know, people don't want to have to talk to people anymore. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to talk to anybody. That's why I pitch video because I'm like, a lot of people don't talk to sales. If you say what you want to say on a sales call or whatever um, in video, you can put that on the website. Nobody has to talk to anybody. It's they can still idea. learn from you and still get your rapport and like want to do business with you yeah. all through video. I know. We have to do more video. Like there's just always something new that we can do with video. Yeah. It's never ending. And I like video a lot. What's, so, what's the next question? That's what it. You, what? That was what are your dreams and aspirations? Wow. Um, that's cool. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, I but just anything? like make sure that you go and follow us on social media. Instagram. Screen, screen printing select. Screen printing select. Bam. Oh, nice. We're good. You got to wrap it up. No, I don't do an outro. Nobody's going to listen this far anyway. You don't think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope. Funny stuff's at the end.